The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Well, it's time on Vivian Radio this Sunday morning to say hi to Rob Kay. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, Howard. Yeah, good morning. And uh, are you well? I am, yes. I've been quite busy. Good. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's actually par for the course. Normally, that's good. These days. Yes, indeed, it is. Anyway, last week we described our listeners' properties as potentially their most substantial asset. Another asset, which is probably as important to many listeners, is their pension. So I'd like to focus on pensions this morning. However, before we do that, what caught your eye in the news this week? Well, I uh, I was asked at one of this week's seminars why I start these broadcasts each week with doom and gloom stories, or doom and gloom news. Um, and I have to tell you that, I, that I've not consciously been doing that. So this week I thought I would begin the, with a story that, that sort of made me smile. Now, quite a few years ago, my kids introduced me to a US TV program called Container Wars. People buy the contents of an old storage containers, uh, which have been left untouched for years. But they buy them um, relatively blind. The contents might cover the purchase costs when they sell them, um, or they could find some real gems and make a healthy profit, or it could actually be a completely worthless purchase. They have to take the gamble. Well, um, an Auchan supermarket in Dieppe decided to adopt similar sort of container war concept to clear out their old products. They decided to sell mystery trolleys filled with cut-price secret goods. The trolleys are filled with unsold products such as toys and tableware and electronic appliances. The products are, are cut, then covered with, with black bin bags to hide the contents, and the shoppers are then invited to pick one, not knowing what is inside, but all the items have been discounted by 66%. A trolley usually costs between 50 and 150 euros, and to date more than 500 trolleys have been sold. Now, just like in container wars, the purchasers can't return any of the products, but the hope of finding a bargain is clearly too good an opportunity to miss. A couple of weeks ago, we highlighted the fact that the French housing market had struggled in 2023 and there was as much of a, as a 20% drop in sales in some areas. That prompted the French Immobilier Association to announce that property prices will have to go down in 2024 to resuscitate the housing market. Well, January's figures are out and clearly the early signs are that prices are indeed falling, but the rate is not as much as we would have expected. This could have been helped by the ECB's decision to leave interest rates unchanged and indicate that if there is no unexpected price uh, surprise, surprises, rate cuts, could, rate cuts could be seen as soon as June. French banks immediately factored that reduction into their mortgage rates to attract longer-term borrowers now rather than delaying their, their eventual purchase. Another measure of bank appetite is deposit requirements and in January, French banks started to reduce their borrower contribution requirements by around 10%. The overall picture appears to seem to be that property prices will begin to stabilise in urban areas over the coming months. That will be then followed by rural areas towards, let's say, the middle of summer, then potentially there will be a rebound from the third quarter. Another issue that was at the forefront of many seminar attendees' minds this week was France's controversial decision to reject the Certificate of European Succession, more frequently referred to as Brussels IV, with respect to French-based assets and impose French forced airship rules on foreign residents who die in France even when they've opted for the inheritance law of their nationality. 
despite saying it would make an announcement by the 15th of February on whether it's opening its opening infringement proceedings against France. It has found no breach of EU law. It needs to be more, uh, it need more time to, to, uh, to consider the matter because it's especially complicated or it believes there are alternative solutions which will help. Ten days on from the deadline, the EU has not made any announcements or said why there has been a delay in an announcement or communicating a decision. Okay. Well, before we get on to pensions, can you explain how and why the UK has slipped into a session? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the UK economy shrank by a further 0.3% in the last quarter of 2023 after shrinking by 0.1% in the previous quarter, which means Britain entered what's known as a technical recession. A technical recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of neg negative economic growth measured by a country's GDP, and it indicates a decline in the country's economic activity. Now, I don't want to play this recession down too much, Howard, but economic downturns are part of the normal business cycle of any country, which over time moves between periods of economic expansion and then contraction. They are triggered by a range of factors, such as economic shocks, inflation, or even deflation. Even though the UK entered a technical recession in the second half of last year, it's thought to have already come out of it. When the figures for Q124 are announced, if, as expected, the UK has come out of it, then it will have been one of the shortest economic downturns in the past 100 years, and the impact on people's finances will have already passed. The UK last went into a recession, in 2020, during the first wave of the coronavirus pandemic, the economy suffered a record 20% fall, but it was rather short-lived and quickly rebounded once the economy had reopened. The last big recession was triggered by the global financial crisis of the late noughties. GDP fell by more than 6%, which sent the UK into a 15-month downturn. Back in the mid-70s, the UK had a series of recessions which were triggered by a combination of the oil crisis and the decline of traditional British industries. Now, the earliest recorded um, economic downturn was what was known as the Great Slump. Between 1430 and 1490, there was a massive shortage of silver. Not enough coins were produced, which resulted in a breakdown in trade and a 50-year recession, um, as opposed to a six-month recession, which we, we've possibly just seen, as the UK has experienced. It takes me back to that old saying, was it the 60s, you never had it so good? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say then that you remember the 1930s, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. So, now, I understand the Institute for Fiscal Studies pensions report generated a lot of debate during this week's seminars. Yeah, the, uh, the report's suggestion that uh, UK pensions should be liable to income tax and inheritance tax when the owner dies did not go down at all well with this week's audiences. The, uh, the reforms would apply to defined contribution pensions and the object of the exercise is to, is to disable the use of pensions to make tax incentivised bequests by including them in the estate for inheritance tax purposes. The IFS estimates applying inheritance tax to pensions could raise £2 billion of additional revenue for the Treasury. They also believe these reforms would only have a short-term impact. By removing the exemption from inheritance tax, there would be no reason to leave pensions to accumulate value because you would simply be increasing your family's eventual tax bill. 
the IFS's reasoning is the changes will encourage members to take income and spend it. They believe that income will immediately invigorate the economy. Many commentators believe the proposals are short-termism and will only benefit the Treasury because the change will undermine pensions. People will stop using pensions to finance their retirements, which in the end will increase the burden of retirement on the state and ultimately render the changes useless. Whether the proposals are accepted or ignored, this once again highlights the fact there is around £2.5 trillion sitting in the UK money purchase pensions, and they are just such a juicy target, winking at the UK taxman. So if you've left the UK, you can effectively extract the monies from your pension in a tax-efficient way. Why would you leave such a valuable asset at the mercy of the UK taxman? As you would expect, Howard, there was quite a lot of clamour for appointments to discuss this issue following the seminars. Are there specific pension tax traps that people need to be aware of? Uh, yeah, where do I start? There are, there are lots of nasties we need to be aware of. The, the one so many people get wrong is the pension commencement lump sum, frequently referred to as the tax-free lump sum. When you come to take your UK pension, you will be offered a lump sum, which for most pensions is 25% of your fund value. The amount can be more for, for older schemes. Now, these computations are tax-free in the UK, but for French residents, they are liable to French income tax and potentially the 9.1% French pension social charge. So you can easily lose well over 50% of this so-called tax-free lump sum. We will, we will wait to see what happens in next month's spring budget, but for the moment, the lifetime allowance has been abolished, which means no one will be caught out by that cap. As Labour wins more and more elections, they are favourites to win the next election, and they have promised to reintroduce it. The UK's income tax thresholds are also frozen until 2028, and I can't see Labour changing them. So if you're paying UK income tax on your pensions, more and more tax will gradually be taken over the next four years. People continuing to pay UK income tax on UK pensions is an issue we come across far too frequently. Except for UK government service pensions, if you inform HMRC that you are a French tax resident, your pensions will then be paid gross. In 8 out of 10 cases, the French household tax system usually results in less tax being paid than in, in France than, than compared to the UK. You mentioned Labour gobbling up more by-elections. If they form the next UK government, what will that mean for UK pensions? Well, when, when the lifetime allowance was introduced way back in 2006, the threshold was set at £1.5 million, pounds that is. Um, that threshold gradually increased to £1.8 million, but in 2016 it was slashed back down to £1 million. Now, since then, it was periodically increased, but usually only by inflation, before Jeremy Hunt then completely abolished it, and the threshold at that point was stood at a million and £1,071,300. Any excess was taxed at either 25 or an IRO answering 55%, depending on how the excess was taken. The lifetime allowance charge didn't just apply to monies accumulated in private pensions. It applied to self-invested pensions, SIPs as they're known, and defined benefit pensions. Since Hunt's announcement 12 months ago, more people have accessed their pensions than at any time in the last 50 years. 
Rachel Reeves, Labour's Shadow Chancellor, described the abolition as a Tory tax cut for the rich and the budget was a chance for the government to unlock Britain's promise and potential, but all the Tories did was give a, a billion pounds pension bunk to the 1%, which will widen the cost of living chasm. She promised the next Labour government will immediately reverse the abolition. The next UK general election must be held no later than the 24th of January 2025. So if the lifetime allowance abolition is a positive move for you, you have less than, less than 12 months to crystallise or transfer your pension to avoid the tax implications if Labour do reimpose it. Pensions have always been tax-enhanced savings schemes promoted by a succession of UK governments, whether those governments were to the right, the left or in the middle. These schemes gave us tax incentives to use pensions so we wouldn't be a burden on the state when we stopped working. Prior to 2006, you were not penalised for having too much pensions in your too much money in your pension savings schemes, which previous Labour governments have actively promoted. For lots of people, the abolition of the LTA is like finding one of Willy Wonka's golden tickets, but unfortunately, this one could have a very limited shelf life. If Rishi Sunak stays in number 10 until the new year, doesn't it mean there'll be an election campaign over Christmas? They, <laughs> they very well could be, which would be very interesting, yes. Yeah, yeah. well, we shall see. Absolutely. Anyway, are annuities still interesting for French tax residents? Yeah, annuities is a word most of us have heard of, but we, but we don't really know what it is. Maybe because they've fallen out of favour over the last 15 years. And that's mainly been due to benign interest rates. And, and since 2015, UK retirees are not legally required to buy an annuity. Annuities are simply a source of income. You give an annuity provider, usually an insurance company, a lump sum. And in exchange, you receive a guaranteed income for the rest of your life. Insurers set their annuity rates based on the income they can generate from government bonds. Because government bond yields went through the roof last year, the knock-on effect was annuity rates hit a 15-year high. A 65-year-old man with 100000 could buy an annuity paying 7800 a year, so close on 8% return on capital. When interest rates come down, annuity rates will return to where they were probably before the inflation spike. There are numerous iterations of annuities. Index link, joint life, last survivor, the list goes on. But we shouldn't forget, when you buy an annuity, you've spent your capital. So it can't be passed on to your children when you eventually die. From a French tax perspective, annuities uh, benefit from quite preferential tax treatment. If you buy an annuity um, in, your f in your 50s, so before your 60th birthday, only 50% of the annuity is liable to income tax. If you buy one in your 60s, 60% of the income is tax-free. And if you buy one after you are 70, you'll only pay income tax on 30% of your annuity income. Annuities are not right for everyone, but in the right circumstances, offers just some of your capital. They can be an interesting element to your overall strategic financial planning. From a more general perspective, how does France tax UK pensions? Um, UK state pensions must be declared on French tax declarations, but they are always paid gross from the UK, which is handy because we don't then need to claim back the tax that's been, that's, but that hasn't been deducted. So just to clear up a misunderstanding, UK state pensions are not tax-free. They are not taxed at source, but that does not mean then they don't need to be declared. Government service pensions are accumulated 
while that person has worked for UK a UK government department. And they are always taxed in the UK, regardless of where the recipient or you are a tax resident. That said, although they're not directly taxed in France, they do still need to be declared on our French tax declarations. The UK-France Double Tax Treaty ensures we don't pay tax twice on this income. We get a tax credit, which is equal to the tax and the social charge we would have paid if the pension receipt was only liable to French tax. A quite bizarre aspect of this arrangement is we get a French tax credit even if this income was not taxed in the UK. The reason for this apparent abnormality is due to the fact that the UK rising income still benefits from UK personal allowances. Initially, pensions look and sound quite simple, but I'm sure you're starting to understand simple is probably the most inappropriate word to use when referring to pensions. UK pensions, whether they are defined benefits or defined contribution pensions, they are not automatically paid gross to French resident recipients. That is because UK pension providers withhold UK income tax at source before they pay us until they are told otherwise by HMRC. To have our pensions pay gross, we have to obtain what is known as an NT code. That NT code also enables us to reclaim the tax that has been de deducted at source. To obtain an NT code, the French taxman has to confirm we are a French tax resident and they will do this once they know about the income. Once HMRC have received the FISC's confirmation, they will issue a refund and instruct our pension providers to pay sub subsequent payments without tax being withheld at source. So, is this a good time to review our pension arrangements? <laughs> yeah, most people just let their pensions do what they do in the background. Um, how many of us check how much we're likely to receive from our pensions until retirement appears on the horizon and then think it's too late to do anything about what, what we're about to receive? That thought is so wrong, but until your pension situation is professionally assessed, you'll never know if it can be improved. One gem just to think about at the moment is, could you buy back some of, our, some of the years when you didn't make UK national insurance contributions? and change your potential state pension from a partial pension to maybe a full pension. There is still time to do this because the, the deadline has been extended, but that door will close soon, and maybe as soon as a new government is elected. So maybe in your, in your terms, uh, Howard, over, over Christmas. Now, pensions are, are probably considered a little bit crusty. They are what they are. They will do what they do. And we don't want to necessarily think about them because we will have to consider retirement. And like writing a will, having to think about dying, retirement is one of those life events lots of people just want to put off and not think about. If you're a resident of France and you have a UK pension, you seriously need to review your UK pension arrangements. This isn't restricted just to British nationals. There are a lot of different nationalities who are living in France who have previously lived and worked in the UK and during that time accumulated monies in UK pensions. Reviewing your pensions also applies to those of us who are already taking income from our money purchase pensions, such as personal pensions, self-investing pensions and even executive retirement pensions. Pensions are not always set in stone. Like you, they may benefit from leaving the UK and being moved abroad. You need to regularly review your goals and the objectives you have for your pensions. That could mean changing your investment profile, maybe reassessing your risk tolerance, or developing an alternative strategy that embraces your overall financial situation. 
Far too often, decisions regarding pensions are taken in isolation based on options provided by UK pension companies who are oblivious to your personal needs and, importantly, your personal situation now you are living in France. So if you'd like to specifically discuss your pension situation, or better still, look at your pension situation combined with your overall strategic financial planning, speak to one of our Blevins Franks partners by calling 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Alternatively, as usual, you can also call our Monaco office, and our number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you'd like to know more about Blevins Franks or book a place at one of our spring seminars, which are already up and running, you can also contact us via our website, which is very simply www.blevinsfranks.com. Always a pleasure, Rob. Thank you very much. We'll talk next Sunday. Thanks very much, Howard. Have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Will upcoming changes impact you? Book your place at the Blevins Franks Riviera seminars now. These financial planning seminars provide a timely update on the tax, inheritance, pensions and investment issues affecting British expatriates and share insights on how to grow, protect and pass on your wealth in France. The Blevins Frank Seminars are on the 19th, 20th and 21st of March. For reservations, call 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.